Your go-to girls, Jill Vanek and Lauren Sherwin, flip the script and give you a weekly dose of career advice, banter, and the insider office gossip. You have all heard the phrase, your go-to guy. We are your go-to girls. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Go-To Girls podcast. Due to popular demand, we are bringing you an episode on everything negotiation of your salary. So much popular demand. We get asked this question every time we put a call out about what we should talk about. We have been sitting here going through research and content and we have our 15 top tips, tricks, things you need to know when you're negotiating a salary. You need this episode in your life because it's going to help you and women need to start to negotiate salaries. Flag it, mark it, bookmark it. I don't even know what you can do with a podcast. Like, don't lose this app. But we can't get into it yet because we're fired up. We're so fired up. We are so, we've literally just talked about this for the last 30 minutes. It, it, it enrages me. It brings out a passion like nothing else. It is the topic that everyone's talking about because we're hitting the time of June. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful night. We're looking for something dumb to do. <laughs> hey, baby, I think I want to marry you. We are in wedding season, the nightmare of all seasons. Wedding season, June to August. Like we know, no, June to like October is really what the I deal feel is. like it's whenever now because of all these COVID brides. True. That had to cancel and reschedule. It's like, I just have weddings at the most random times mm-hmm. now because these brides are just trying to get weddings in. Yeah. Nonstop in October at every single weekend is a wedding. Every single weekend. Let's just talk about though, how being a bridesmaid is probably the worst, the worst duty on this planet. It's like, I can't even put into words of course you want to be there for your friends and your family but take your wallet dump it dump fifteen hundred dollars on the ground and just burn it right away and then get a dress that's the same cut and figure for every different type of shape of body and just make yourself look like shit as you walk down an aisle like it's the worst look like you might as well wear a potato sack it's the worst my favorite lie of all time every single bride has said this to me oh you'll wear this again though right Oh, my favorite is, oh my God, it's it's the dress that looks good on everybody. Yeah, th- that doesn't exist. Impossible, no. And then you put it on and you're like, wait, what? Like, this is what I'm doing for the day? And then it's like, oh, go sit in a chair at 6 a.m. Literally, my bridesmaids had to get in a chair at 6 a.m. to put prom hair on prom and hair. prom makeup like for the, the day. tight, tight curls or like the slick oh. back hairspray. It's a whole situation. And at the end of the night, you're looking at your significant other or by yourself and you're like, oh, I have to take 9,000 bobby pins that have been poking me oh, all night. my God, the bobby pins. And then yes. Jer, the go-to husband, will look <laughs> at me and be like, we literally have 60 of, there's 60 to 100 of these in your head. The bobby pins. The bobby pin. Why are there 900 bobby pins in my head? I've never seen anything like it. I'm it's hysterical. Upsetting. You literally, your head is a metal plate. There's so many bobby pins in there. It's uncontrollable. Wait, can I ask you though, when you get invited to a wedding, guest or no guest? Because I have to tell you, I wouldn't allow you to have a guest because you're single. You have hit on, when I say <laughs> the rage that boils within me, the rage so i am in my late 30s i am literally angered like no one else when i get invited to a wedding that's just me yeah now again we don't need to scream it from the rooftops we know i'm single 
But if I want to bring a vitamin water as my guest, F yourself. I should be able to. I am a grown ass adult. Plus, don't think I'm coming in giving you like 50 bucks as a gift. Mama pay good. Right. So I'm going to cover my head plus a guest. But the thing I think, I get it for keeping costs down. But as a single woman, what if I don't know a lot of people at the wedding? It's not like I'm hanging out with the bride. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. To me, it's just like a sign of respect. I'm not going to bring anyone to your wedding. Like, hypothetically, that I'm not dating seriously. Right. Like you're not you going to go mean? on a bumble date that day to then get a date exactly. that night to go to the wedding. Exactly. Now, I'm sure certain people abuse the privilege, but it just like when it comes addressed to miss, uh, it should be Dr. Jill Vanek and no guest. Yeah. I, it boils inside. See, and Rage. I would just think if you're single or I know you're not dating somebody, then, and I know you're coming with the front, like the friend group that you're friends with that's invited to the wedding, I just wouldn't do a plus one for you. But I didn't even think that that would enrage you. I would not be mad if you reached out before and said, hey, mm. what do you think about this? Or what do you want it with a guest or all that? Yeah. But just straight up, like you're single. <laughs> Sit by yourself. You, yeah, you don't need to be with anyone. And then you get stuck at the loser table with a go one, a go two, and a go three. <laughs> not interested. I don't want to be set up with your 55-year-old gross cousin who picks his nose and is wearing a bow tie. Get lost. It. Wait, so least favorite things about a wedding? Like, well, other than that. <laughs> other than that, what else is like your pet peeve of weddings? Biggest pet peeve when the ceremony and the reception are literally two hours apart or meaning like distance wise. Right. Two hours to get yeah. each. Get lost. Because for the Catholic church, yes. they usually like, oh, you got to get married at this time. Exactly. And then your reception doesn't start till five. Like you get married at two, but then it's start five and then you drink the whole time in between. Right. But if I got to drive two hours, right. like you have to have a DD. It's ruined. a whole thing. Are the other, my other one, when you don't provide transportation. Oh, need to. It must. Like if you're in Philly and I'm staying at the hotel, right. I'm going to the chapel here and I'm going to the reception here. Get my ass on some sort of yes. transportation to Horse, get me to those places. Buggy, carriage, do it. Anything, get me there. Have to have transportation. What else? Oh, the food. Food's a big one. Like if it's just dry chicken, I don't need it. Don't need it. And I've been to too many buffets. Then I can count at weddings. Mm. No, no. Are you I a would plated? Like a plate. You would plate it. I know. I would like a plate. God. Just plate it. No, I've been to a wedding with a mashed potato bar. Shout out Jamie Hartzell, which Ooh. was phenomenal. Mm. That, like a mashed potato, like they did it with the hors d'oeuvres, like kind of, you know, before the wedding. Shots or no shots? I am a shot person. I, I have a good time. Have a good time. Blackout, have a great time. You know what I will say though? No to. If you have one bartender. Ganja. Oh. <laughs> <the> ganja. <laughs> It's like, why? Don't have a weed bar. <laughs> no. If you have only one bartender for a 300-person wedding and the line is wrapped around, like, no. Out of control. Or, even worse, cash bar. Don't have a wedding. Was just Don't going to say that. a wedding if you're having a cash okay. bar. Don't have a wedding. I went to a cash bar. P.S. The invitation never said cash bar. So we showed up like... I remember I ordered like an old fashioned, a vodka soda. He goes forty dollars. I said, "Are you talking to me, sir?" Right. Where, Excuse me. You got Venmo? Like I wouldn't have cash on me. No cash bar. Get lost. Also, just beer and wine. That's another lose my number. Yep. Don't even invite me. Nope. D no. No. Nope. I need a full bevy to choose from. Children at the wedding. Yeah, bye bye. Bye. Get lost. Bye. Why? Get a babysitter. Why? No, uncalled for. It's not an appropriate event for them. Two dresses. 
See, this don't is the question it. to you. Yeah, I've don't, never been a bride. Don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, for the what? Whole change it. For what? Like you, like you have to wear right. the dress and then a romper. Like I don't get it. Yeah, I'd rather spend that on my honeymoon or like a house but or just something. Wear the dress. Yeah, I don't understand it. I'm just so interested to see what people think because we go to all these weddings and it's like you have the dry cake, the chicken, and, and you talk BS behind everyone's back. Like, oh, this sucked. That and was the first good. thing you do when you wake up oh, the next day debrief. is like, good wedding yep. or bad you wedding. You have to have a full debrief. So I, when I planned my wedding, because I planned three weddings. Okay, I actually had like dates for three weddings. That's wild. What yeah. happened? So my first wedding that I planned was like the 300 people, Ocean City, New Jersey, trolley, church, yacht club, whole thing. Like I had a date in September. Like my engagement gift from my college roommates is like a charcuterie board with my first date engraved in it. And I still have it because I like had a date for my wedding in September. And then it was like, Jer and I were sitting at a bar one night and we're like, what are we doing? Like we dropped 14 grand on a band it, yeah, it hit and you. we looked at us and we're like, what are we doing? And yeah. then it was just like, it was getting more and more and more. And my parents were paying like majority of it, but still like we had to pay for a lot of things. And we were like, what are we doing with our lives? Right. Like, why are we doing, this is not who we are. Then we're like, okay, we're going to go to Costa Rica okay. and just do destination. family destination. See. That lasted like two weeks yeah. where we're like, this is a good well, idea, but which is not. Was your family pissed? My dad. Now I'm not even dating this microphone. Like I have no boyfriend in sight. My dad has said numerous times, if you have a de- destination wedding, like I'll literally disown you. My dad was so upset when I yeah. canceled the first one. He was like, "Are yeah. you out of your mind?" Because Jared and I made the decision, mm-hmm. and we're like, "We're done. We're not doing this." So then we compromised, and I said to my mom, "I was like, I just want a fun party, good time right. vibe. Like I don't need everything structured." all that so then my mom found my wedding venue i never even saw it up here anthony Get wayne house out. in malvern nope never came, flew home from florida she went and saw it i did the ceremony at a chapel mm-hmm. in mal at malvern um prep where it was a small chapel because jerry's not catholic oh but homie's so not another, baptized so but he agreed to the ceremony he, he was did, like cool then. but okay. he was like don't put me in a huge church and overwhelm me right. because like, I'm, I'm gonna not get Catholic the sweats and i can't go for communion and like don't do this to me and, and like you that's, don't know what to do you're like right. do I bless and like myself? my grandmother god bless her r.i.p yeah. is like you better have communion at your wedding and i didn't that was a huge thing okay the no communion at the wedding right. god bless mm-hmm. then we did the after party at anthony wayne house which that's outside in a huge tent my bridesmaids wore whatever dress they wanted, whatever color they wanted. The Love. boys wore whatever navy suit they wanted. I was like, I could care less. And then Saturday, which was the best part, we rented a bus and did a huge beer crawl, like par- bar crawl That's on fun. Saturday with everyone that came in for the wedding. That's a good time. So that was a good time. But that was my whole thing was, let's just have the good time wedding. I don't want to do this whole All rubber chicken 300 thing. Blah, yeah. I didn't have a cake. I didn't cut a cake. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any of that. I didn't do the garter, the flower toss, all that. Yeah. I didn't do it. I just didn't do it. I haven't seen a garter toss in decades. No. Decades. But it's like, get ready because let's just throw out all of our money because it's like you have the bachelorette, which mm-hmm. you have to be at. Right. Then you have the bridal shower. Got to get the good have gift if you're a bridesmaid. If you're in the wedding, you have to be there. Then you have to work, get by the dress. Mm-hmm. Then you have Shoes. to travel. Shoes, Travel. wherever you're going. Hair and makeup, I had to pay for on a couple weddings, not I the I had bride. to pay for. Yeah. Yep, for sure. You got to pay for your hair and makeup. Um, you got to pay for your date. And then if you're traveling, like for me, right. like flights, all that, it's like, there goes vacations for the year. Let's just do weddings. Exactly. Oh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I would love to know what everyone thinks. 
and there's got to be horror stories out because there. you know after a wedding everyone's like was it good or bad right you have the you're full judging like the best part of a wedding is the car ride home when you're hungover you like every you pick apart like, everyone it like, was Aunt great. sally like the whole thing and you're like it was great who were you like it was didn't bad. Yeah. i've been to some good ones like really good ones and i've been to some like holy shit big time big like, time that was a nightmare yeah which Definitely we won't good say bad. No. Do you picture one right now in your head where you're like, that was a good wedding? Oh, I have a lot of actual good weddings that I was a fan of, yeah. but I also have never again, that was a shit show wedding. God. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about how you negotiate your salary, ladies. I mean, we're going to go into it. Can I read this quote real quick? Oh, do it. Okay. There is a study of over 10,000 adult women that was conducted by the Huffington Post and Yahoo. And Yahoo. Wait, I just said Huffington Post. Or Post. Huffington Post. <laughs> the Huffington Post. And Yahoo. That's 64% of women say they do not try to negotiate their pay the last time they were hired. That's 64%. But out of those who did negotiate, a whopping 71% said they were generally successful. Shark Tank investor Barbara Corkin recently told Yahoo Finance as a boss, I can tell you everyone's got another five to 10,000 in their pocket. Trust me. And that is why we are talking about negotiating 101 today because so many studies show women do not ask for money. They do not come to the table. They take the first offer and that is a mistake. But can you, 64% of women- That's insane to me. Are not negotiating their salary. No, it's unacceptable. Can I tell you when I just had to negotiate my salary, like I look forward to it. Big time. And, and, like, and you good, that's a great attitude to have. Because it's almost like a job, but I like job interviews. I love negotiating a salary. Like I'm in, like you're, cause it's for yourself. Like you're, right. you're proving a point for yourself around why you deserve it. It's crazy to me that women with the first offer they get will be like, okay. Right. I'm going to take it take the first offer and in fact i think a lot of women have this backwards we are so conditioned socially not to buck the system not to ask not to make a fuss but in fact employers i've actually heard hr say to me they lose respect for candidates who do not come back to the table and counter yep you have to counter. So that is what we're going to get into today your top 15 tips on how to negotiate now this is a caveat before we go into our tips. Every situation is unique. When you are countering or negotiating an internal move versus an external move, completely different scenarios. Depends on your title, your position. So just know that this is surrounded by caveats, but these are general strategies, tactics, and principles that can help you address your negotiating. Yep. Tip number one. We talk about this all the time. Never. Never. Never negotiate until you have a written offer in front of you. Don't do it. Don't do it. A lot of people make the mistake before they get the offer to start to let themselves slide. Well, I'd be okay with this range. Or, you know, salary's not that important to me if I had more vacation time. Shut your lips. Be quiet. Be quiet. You do not talk money unless you are forced. You don't talk money until you get that signed offer. And I think that's the problem is so many times we get asked the question of like, what's your range or where do you need to right. be or what did you make? Quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. And Lauren and I rehearse this with clients 
so many times. HR will often try to back you into a corner and have you give a range. You never want to give a range. And the rote answer I practice with my clients is say something along the lines of, well, Sally, thank you for asking, but I feel in order to give you a range, I need to learn more about the job. I need to talk to a few more internal people so I can actually piece together what this role entails so I can provide you with that range. You want to not backtrack, but give yourself time. Give the time. Give yourself time. Don't do it because what they're going to do, guys, if you say your range is 50 to 55, boom, guess what they're going at no higher than 50. Yep. That's it. You're done. So don't do it. I think people forget to HR is in sales. HR is driven by quotas. They are driven by how many people they close, when they're closing those people, when they're getting them into roles. They are in a sales position just as much as if you are going into sales or negotiation of salary. Like they are trying to get you in, in a time frame. You have to know that. Use these tips and tricks. Do not back yourself into a corner. Exactly. So that is huge. Shut it. Go through the process. You need that written number. The second tip. Before you go into your negotiation, you have to research your worth and your value. So this is where your network comes in and why you are going to be successful if you have built a solid network because yes, you can use online resources like Glassdoor, but what is better are recruiters. Yep. Employees who you know through your network and you're close to at competitors the biggest thing of all, this is what I tell everyone. My biggest um, advantage has been employees who are now employed at other companies. Yep. Ex-employees have been able to give me ranges, give me tips, give me tricks in how to negotiate. So this is where your network comes in. Like you need to do some homework to find out your worth, your value. Like what are you bringing to the table? Like know that before you even go into that process. Yeah. Number three. Number three, remember that salary is 70% and benefits will count for the other 30%. Never leave Mm -hmm. the benefits on the table. I think so many times we're worried about what that one number is. Mm -hmm. We forget about all the other things that go into the job as well. So if you think about, you know, reimbursement for school, we've talked about going back for your MBA that Jill and I did. Is your company paying for that? Cell phone, computer, education, tuition, vehicles for field-based jobs, you know, signing bonuses. What are all the other things? Insurance, what's the health insurance plans? Um, Online subscriptions, executive coaching. Like what is all those pieces that go into it, which not just that salary one number that you're looking at. Right, do not leave those benefits on the table. Tip number four, never underestimate the power of likability. Mm. So there's a fine line and a lot of this is a bit of finesse. You never want to go in like a bull in a china shop People will fight, meaning your hiring manager, your supervisor will fight for people they like and they want to work with. So never forget that. You know what else I learned? So I went through this process as I was finishing up school of going through the interview process. And what I also understand is people really respect honesty, especially Mm -hmm. the recruiters in the process. I was very transparent to say, hey, if I am going to start this new director role, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting until after I completed my executive MBA, which was actually two months from when the offer was actually given to me. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we respect that. We want you to focus on finishing school. We'll look forward to having you start in June. 
But I think that honesty with where you're at, what you need, don't be afraid to ask for what you need right. when you're going through that process. Like don't put yourself in a bad position just to be hit a timeline that they want you to hit. Exactly, exactly. And to Lauren's point, if you never ask, the answer is always gonna be no. Right. So put it on the table. The fifth point is probably the most important tip of these 15. Data, data, data. You have to quantify what you've done and what you can bring to the table. So this is where, you know, we've told you in past episodes and we'll say it again, keep a log every month. Like what projects have you done? What revenue have you brought in? Like really, what are you doing for the company? And kind of what's um, your your bucket list? What have you done for that month, right? You want to be able to bring in with you to that um, negotiation or that performance review, like a one-page brag book. And that should be a summarization of everything you've done. So we give an example like this. You know, it's very easy to say to your employer, well, last year I executed contracts. Okay. Oh. That tells me nothing, right? It's like when we talked about the resume rating. Oh, exactly. I sold a lot of, I had a lot of sale. Okay, right. what quantify cool. this. What is the data? Quantify Everyone is throwing on the numbers. Exactly. So think of something along these lines. I executed 90 contracts, increasing revenue by X percent over quarters Y through Z, which resulted in a 30% increase in new clients. Boom. I don't know about you. I'm going with option two. You know what I mean? So bring that data to the table. So... Tip number six, when you counter, you want to counter with a specific or an exact number. And this is based on studies. So you want to avoid giving a range, which we talked about. Why? Because the employer will go with your lowest number. Counter with something like $75,600 versus $75,000. This is almost like a Jedi mind trick. It allows the employer to think that you put more research into this than you maybe did. Right. Get specific. Like, that's the deal. Get specific. As a rule of thumb, you want to request 10 to 20% higher than your current salary if you're switching companies. So Lauren and I talk about this all the time. We've made moves both internally and then, of course, going to an external company. You're in a power position like no other when you make an external move. That's when you're at your highest power point. Because guess what? They don't know how much you make. No. You should never freaking tell them that. But like my company now, if I went for an internal move, they, they know exactly how much they you know make. when I go to the bathroom. Like, like I'm not gonna pull one over on that, right. right? So just know where your power lies. And with this tip, have a walkaway threshold. We say it all the time to people. Have a minimum number in your head. Like something that makes sense to you guys. Like, I'm not gonna take a job that's paying 30 grand less. Like it has to make sense unless X, Y, and Z are part of the benefits, right? Have a walkaway number. I want to ask you this. What are your thoughts on taking a job for less money, but it's what you really want? Like, how are we identifying whether we take the job for less money or we take another job because it's more? That is a great question. And I am not anti taking a job for less money if you are going to regain benefits and a new skill set. Yep. So if you want to pivot industries or this job is going to give you an immense amount or a new skill set, 
great. What you're ideally looking to do though is within 18 to 24 months, make up that lost salary through promotions or through opportunities you would not get otherwise. I love that. So this is all good to know and it goes into tip number seven, which is justify your demands. Oh, I hate when people come in and they're like, oh, I've been with the company for two years, so I deserve a salary raise. Yeah, no, you don't. Like, you don't. No. No, you don't. You could have been sitting on your ass for two years. Exactly. exactly. I, it drives me crazy when people just think, oh, like, I've been in this role for so long, so now I deserve to make more money. Right. You have to come with numbers, rationale, and actual data about why you deserve what you're asking. Tip number eight, make it known you want to work for them. So I don't know about you, Lauren, but I have had someone come into me and use an outside offer as leverage. Oh. But when we didn't meet it, it's almost like we called their bluff. So if you bring in an outside offer, I'm not saying don't do that, but be prepared to walk away. Exactly. I totally agree that you should never bring in an outside offer unless you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Because at that point too... You really need to walk a fine line because they know you've been looking one foot out the door. Absolutely. So make it known, even if it's an interview and especially if it's an interview with an external company, keep saying phrases. I really want to make this work. I can imagine myself nowhere else, but here, like continue to let them know. It's not like you're against them. You're working with them to get to a negotiation point. All right. Next tip, you got to understand the person across the table and the company needs. That's going to be huge for you because where do you fill those gaping holes? Like for example, maybe your company is kind of uh, like an older corporation or maybe like it's, it's very much like we do it this way because maybe you're a Gen Zer and you know this company needs social media or you know you can market the you know what out of it. Like bring to the table your skill sets. I mean, that's the deal. Where can you plug holes? The more you understand the company and the boss sitting across from you and what they need, the better off you're going to be. The other thing is do your research to understand the person that's sitting across from you. I think so many times you walk in and you're just like, oh, I'm going in for an interview and you're Mm -hmm. ready for your questions. But do you know who that person is? Where do they go to undergrad? Do you know anything about their background? Is there any employees that can give you insight to them? You know, just to have those connection points. Because that likability is such an important factor of it. Yeah. And even internally, I think you bring up such a good point, Lauren, that me knowing my boss gets me ahead. I know. Remember, you're not the only one with ambition. My boss wants to be an executive medical director. So how can I make his life easier? Like those are the kind of things to think of. Yep. All right. We are on to tip number 10. I mean, we are busting through these. Cranking through understand constraints. So here's the big thing, guys. I work and have worked in the past with a lot of nurses. When you go in and negotiate as a nurse, you're usually either part of a union or it's just an industry where you're not going to be able to negotiate for thousands more. You're right. just not. You can't. So in that type of setting, understand understand rather the constraints, but also how you can work those other benefits and what you can grow into. Meaning when I talk with nurses about negotiation, we talk about getting an extra conference a year to go to. We talk about tuition benefits. We talk about, Hey, can I do 80% day shift and only 20% night shift? Those are life things that make a difference. You can negotiate that. 
So understand that, guys. A lot of companies, I'll be honest, and Lauren, I don't know if your company is like this, but my company started to move to bands. Like you're at a band 31. And and so they kind of control your salary that way. There's ways to move. But you guys, the more you understand your infrastructure, the more you're going to know how to target it. Well, and I think growing from a company where I grew from an intern to Mm -hmm. I was there for eight years and then grew into a regional, I knew that they knew my salary all the way going through. Like. Homegirl's not really negotiating too much because they know exactly what I'm making year over year. But what I was really intentional about was to know as my colleague who was making the highest amount Mm -hmm. and where was that, what was that band and that threshold to be in that kind of account, like number to be in that amount. What was that going to look like? Definitely. But I think that also comes to talking about salaries, Mm -hmm. which people are not comfortable with. Right. And salary transparency that is one of those issues that can be sticky and you also need to watch your back. I am not advocating for you to go around and hold a poll in the office and say, Bob, what do you make? And Jimmy, what do you make? There's a way to go about a subject like that in a more professional way. I think it was interesting when I just accepted my new role one of my former colleagues, the first question they asked me was, if you don't mind, because Mm -hmm. I think we need to be more transparent about this, because it's a director role, what are you making in corporate ed? What does that look like? I think it's very interesting that she felt comfortable to ask me that question. Right. And although it put me back a little bit, there was that trust there with that individual. And I did share that number and that information because we are all going through after the furlough, this transition into new roles, I think it is important to have an understanding of what that number is mm-hmm. and to start to have more of that dialogue with the people you trust in within your network. I agree. And I think it's very interesting. This is where Lauren, and I'm sure you agree, but let me know if you don't, where social etiquette and professional etiquette comes in. I had a woman who works at the same company as me she found out around what I made and started to balk at how unfair that was. Meanwhile, so wrong. I have five degrees. Right. No offense, get lost. Yeah. I've done more to get to where I am. Like also be very cognizant if you're on an even playing field. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. be aware of what that person wants to do with the information. Right. So protect yourself. Yeah. But also it's a subject I have no doubt we're going to get into, into a little bit more, but you know, guard yourself professionally. I totally agree. And I think coming from my perspective is we are all out there in the workforce right now and looking for new opportunities. We've Mm -hmm. all left Disney where we were at a same bracket. Right. Now we're all looking for similar roles, whether it's director roles or VP roles. So it made sense. And as women, we were having the conversation of what type of level are you going in at? Where's the range? What the, and I think that was great because we're empowering each other as we're out there to know what our worth is. Right. To have those credentials. But I think it's important when it's internal, people will use that information against you too, mm-hmm. exactly. which makes it tough to share and be transparent with that conversation around what you actually make. Exactly. I think those are such good points. So along these lines, guys, tip number 11 for you. I like this one. Be prepared for tough, tough questions. questions. Yep. Yeah. Because again, just like Lauren said, what literally gives me rage a little bit less so than when I'm not invited to a wedding with a guest, or but like we're almost maids in the same dress. Yeah, yeah, like almost the same. You do not come in entitled. Well, I've been here two years. I deserve ten percent. You deserve nothing, Susan. Yeah, 
and it's quantify. always Susan or Karen. It's Susan, it's a Karen. I know we're so on that Karen trend. We're I know. on the Karen. We're gonna call her Karen. Susan though. Susan. Susan. I have been here in two years right. and I've worked exactly. very hard. What so have you done, Susan? Give me data. Give me numbers. Quantify. Let me see an Excel sheet. Let me see your brag sheet that we talked about. You have to come to prepared with evidence. So that's it. Be prepared for tough questions. Now, here's the other thing that we want to add on to this. What does not sit well is kind of a poor me scenario. And of course, I want to talk about this lightly, but you know, oh, with COVID, I've been home with three kids. Okay, Karen, so have all of us. Mm-hmm. And no offense, you chose to have the kids. Right. Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I, your personal life, I'm not, an employer is not responsible for funding your trip to Tahiti. Right. Your employer is not responsible for that kind of thing. Like, be very careful about that fine line. Too personal is not going to help you. Well, and I think there's this blend now of your personal life is coming into your work life mm-hmm. because you're just at home at, with all of it. But I think people are starting to use that, especially as we're transferring back to work, where you're like, well, I can't go back to work because of childcare. These things are happening. There's a fine line happening fine right line. now with that conversation. Yeah. And people are using that to negotiate working from home. Right, exactly. And we do get into that tip, but to Lauren's point, you can negotiate something along those lines post-COVID. Can I work from home every Friday? But show me your productivity. Yep. Show me your numbers since COVID that they're equal to or better than what you did pre-COVID in the office. And I know things have been tough during COVID, but you still need to produce the work. Exactly. I think people just want to say, oh, because of COVID happened, right. now I deserve to work from home all the time. Okay. Maybe that's not the policy or the culture that the company wants to have. Mm -hmm. But if you are advertising, hey, I want to work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Friday every day from work, what are you producing for that? Have that conversation with your leader. But again, it comes back to the data of have you been, you still need to work. I think exactly people just think they they can be at home and you can do the same amount of work that you're doing there. Well, can you show that productivity with what you did before prior to COVID happening? Exactly. With the commute taken out, can you take on an extra project? Can you do, again, you have have to be prepared for these questions. Tip number 12. When you are at the negotiation table, negotiate multiple issues simultaneously. The worst thing you can do is to negotiate, well, I want 5,000 more in salary. And then I also need two vacation days extra per year. And no, you present your counter offer in a package. So what will help you is prioritizing. Is vacation more important to you than flexibility? Then make the case for that. You need to think about what are you willing to cut? It's like anything else. It's a little bit of Sophie's choice. Prioritize and present it all in a counter package, not piecemeal. And don't ever put it in an email. Yes. Don't ever put your yes. negotiation demands don't in a do bullet it. pointed email saying, I need this, this, and this. Don't do it. Always do it over the phone or in the person conversation for all negotiations. Do not put it in an email. And you might hear other sources who say it's okay to put it in an email. Lauren and I stand by this. Do not document a number, meaning emails live on, have these conversations over the phone. Even if HR emails you, do not feel like you're beholden. Pick up the phone, schedule a one-on-one. Phone. 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 I have Mary Eastwood. <laughs> oh, it's Easttown. I always East call Town. it Eastwood. Oh, you guys. I'm, phone. I cannot wait for the finale. Okay. It'll be over by the time this I goes live, but it's like, I'm oh. pumped. I'm pumped. All right. Tip number 13 
Timing. Timing. Ding. Ding, da, da, ding, ding. Now, what I found really fascinating, but like legit guys, research has been done on this. Studies show that negotiating or having that one-on-one meeting on a Thursday or Friday bodes much better for you than earlier in the week. Yeah. They're in a better mood later yep. in the week. They're in a better mood. So like, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm not taking chances. I'm going to schedule that one-on-one for later in the week. Wait, and never do it in a public setting or in front of others. And I think what you just said is scheduling that one-on-one is so important. Right. Like, don't just say, hey, let's talk about negotiating this salary. Set it up. Be intentional in that meeting invite that you sent. Right. Put the time on the calendar and never just schedule it or ever do that in front of other people. Exactly. And to Lauren's point, never blindside your boss. That is a rule oh. about everything. But you never want to blindside your boss on something like this because this is one of those meetings where he or she can't be on their phone or can't be talking to other people. It is a very concentrated meeting. And if you know your performance review is every March, put a meeting on the calendar three to four months in advance because guess what? People start setting budgets before the performance review. Like they've kind of already locked in numbers. So get to them early so it's in their head, oh, Susan's serious. Like she's going to negotiate X, Y, and Z. She's ready to go. She's ready to go. All right. Tip number 14, no ultimatums. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a bad look. It's unprofessional. And think about it. Like in relationships, I've definitely given ultimatums before. Didn't end well. No, never. If you ever have an ultimatum, you're not going to end well. No, it's a, it's a poor man's negotiation skill. It's, totally. it's, it's your last it's easy effort. way out. Exactly. It's an easy way out. So by no ultimatums, there is nowhere on this earth you should say, well, if you don't meet that, I'm out. Yeah. Because if I was the boss, I'd say, bye. Bye. Yeah. Don't do it. And especially in this world right now where it's hiring, recruiting so many, there's so much talent out there right now. Exactly. So, uh, don't you might think it. you're the top shit, but there's somebody else right behind you that's willing to take it. Yeah, exactly. And tip number 15, we cannot stress this enough. Stay at the table. Stay there. My last job, the current one I have now, I went through five rounds of negotiations. And Lauren's done the same, multiple rounds. Guess what? Guys, negotiation, it's not easy. It's going to be a process. You got to stay at the table and do it though. And those rounds, again, you're going to get a little bit more of what you want each and every time. And stay in it for other reasons too. Like say after COVID, everyone's going back and your boss says, hey, no, sorry, you can't work from home on Fridays. Guess what? Keep at it. Not in an unprofessional way. But maybe every six months, hey, look what I've done. They start to build that trust and maybe you will be able to get some of those benefits. Totally agree. So do it. So these are our 15 tips. Now, just know though that Lauren and I hit the tip of the iceberg. We have some things coming your way. Coming in high. We're going to go more in depth because I stress with my career coaching, I have a full dedicated session. We look at specifics, numbers. This is worth meeting with a career coach, meeting with someone objective to talk about how to negotiate and what you should be asking for. Because guys, you don't have a do-over. This is it. You're in the power position when you're negotiating. So it is worth getting someone to be that voice of reason to give you those expert tips and tricks because you're not going to be able to do it again. And especially when you're going into it and you're starting at that level, maybe with a new company, you're transitioning into a new role. You need to do your research. You need to be ready. Use these 15 tips and tricks. But like Jill said, 
there's some exciting things coming for the go-to girls. So be on the lookout because we're going to get more in depth how to negotiate like a go-to girl. Like the go-to girl of negotiation. And we hope this was helpful. A lot of you have reached out to us Mm -hmm. on this specific topic. Right. And we wanted to make sure we got you content as quickly as possible to cover this. But there's more to come. More to come. We can't wait. Negotiate. Do not be one of those 64% because Lauren and I will come after you. And if you're a bride, not everyone looks good in the same bridesmaid dress and we'll come after you. So be respectful (laughs) of different body types. Amen. Amen. God bless. Amen. God bless. Now remember, follow the go-to girls. Yes. On our website, go2girlspodcast.com. Check out the Instagram at go2girlspodcast. And guys, we need some comments. Yes. Best comment is getting go-to girls merch. Yes. You heard it here. Leave a review. We need the review. Merch will go to the best review. Our favorite review that we get. Avi, it's going to be five stars. That's obvious. If you want to give us a three... Uh, F yeah, off cut and it out. go to someone else's podcast and give them a three. Exactly. We need a five. You need a five. And then Jill and I are going to, over the next week or two, pick our favorite review. Yes. And get them the new merch. Get sassy. That's coming out. Give us the business. Like, give us a good review, you guys. Show us some love. Show us a lot of love. We love you guys. We will see you next week. And again, don't be one of the 64%. We will hunt you down. We will hunt you down and enjoy wedding season. Bye. Bye. Bye.